before you go, I'm going to mention some. I was just, I just want to share with you, I had a great opportunity, was out this Monday at one of those um, hot spots where we're praying in a city, seeking to be um, people of peace, bringing peace, and we were actually gathered together and pulled out of that place of prayer because of shootings that were going on and kind of marched us back to our car. And I shared with our, our navigators class um, what God had been doing um, a couple weeks ago. And I I, I asked them, and, and Harriet Bolton put this together, if they would be like, we have in all the missions that we do, we have prayer support teams. And I just thank you for the navigators class, those who are I don't know, 75 and older or something like that, who are our prayer support team as we go into these difficult places. So you would think it's funny that a prayer team has a prayer support team. But we do when we go into places like that where God is calling us. So thank you for your prayers and your support. Mike, you have a lot more to say. Yeah, I'm Mike Brinkman. I'm the pastor of operations here. And I was listening to a podcast this week, and the guy talked about the number of airlines that are starting worldwide this year. So everybody pick a number. 90. Anybody guess 90? Not a chance. How are there 90 airlines? Well, because there's no context for that. We don't travel. You can't start new airlines. Turns out, if you have plenty of planes sitting around, plenty of staff sitting around, plenty of gates empty, it's not a bad time to start an airline. So there are 90 estimated people jumping in. Well, we have that some of that context here, too, where by the numbers you can describe things. You've seen some of that. Historically, we just put together a page called it Infographic. I've been calling it Instagram all, all morning. Infographic that just gives you basically the year in review with some numbers. As Taylor said, it's not exhaustive. There will be ministries that aren't on there. But just a couple reflections. When I looked at that... Um, the number of counseling appointments we have in the year. So Beth Moorhead is a counselor that is on staff, and then we have about 15 people as part of a counseling team. Now again, in your head, guess a number. Got a number? 900. Anybody guess 900? Of course not. How can you do 900 counseling appointments in a year with a pandemic? Yeah, go ahead, clap. With a volunteer team. With one less than full-time staff and a volunteer team. This building, if we put all our chairs in the back and filled it in, like we do at Christmas and Easter and things, it seats about 800. That means in the number of people that we did counseling appointments for this year, we could not fit them in here at one time. That just blows me away how faithful God is. And how faithful you guys have been in investing in that. You heard um, Andrew talk about there's 137 people on the prayer force. They just, they're committed to being a group that prays. We've given away over $50,000 to Caring Fund this year on um, 95 different occasions. Um, similar to the counseling, we have a faith community nurse that Sharon Williamson um, leads, and it's a team of nurses. They've had 425 visits this year in COVID. 425 homes, hospitals, care centers that they are traveling with. Some of those visits, I should just mention, is like Dee and Jim sitting in their car waving outside <laughs> the window at people. But they went to all different kinds of ends to try and connect. Yeah. And we had, um, sorry, I have to look at the number again, almost 1,500 miles of driving, um, you saw just saw Sai up here, um, going to pick up Chinese students um, to bring them wherever the Chinese ministry mm-hmm. is meeting. 1,500 miles. 
We live in a world that is has some Asian hate issues, and we're driving 1,500 miles, all volunteer, basically, except for Sai, who is probably part of that number as well, uh, who's on staff. And so we just, if you pick up the infographic, they're at the back um, as you walk out in any of the black welcome um, kiosk things. You can pick those up. But we just wanted to put together just a little bit of a re- year in review and look at the 1,500 emails that went out to... to um, missions and partners, outreach partners, uh, missionaries this year to say, how can we support you? How can we care for you? How can we partner with you? And one of the main things that people ask me as the operation guy is, yeah, how do I know that my money is going where it's going? What is my money doing? You're not traipsing people up that have been recovering from things and whatever. The reality is this is what that giving goes to. Now, these times of days, a lot of your giving goes to air conditioning. Let's be honest. <laughs> it would be miserable in here if your money was not going to air conditioning. In the winter, it goes to snow plowing. But throughout the year, it's multiple counseling appointments, staff to help with that. Um, Andrew Haybison is on, on staff with the prayer and the worship. Um, when we hit COVID, um, we had to put together tons of videos because we couldn't. We had, um, I think, 19 weeks, 17 weeks, we were not together. And so it was a scramble for the worship team to say, how can we worship together? Andrew put together the most in one service, nine videos. <laughs> you know how long nine videos takes? It's forever. And that's one week, and let's, Sunday's coming again, folks. But we've put thousands of dollars into the, the um, live stream cameras. We have brand new ones this year. We have Zoom licenses coming our ears, all of those things, to try to stay connected and serve, and mostly just to celebrate who God is and honor him. And so um, pick up an infograph when you get a chance. I'm going to give you one more thing to talk about here, because it just you share this in staff, and it so blesses us. I mean, a lot of people here invested in helping put that facility, the kind of gym use thing together with that extra room. And people have no idea how God has used that in our community. So you want to just share a bit? Yeah, there are 28 outside groups that um, have used our our building during this year. Um, And many of those were because the other ones were closed. So we've had outside basketball groups, sixth graders and fifth graders, and um, people calling, you know, hey, we had a place and they wouldn't let us go. Can we come in just on Thursday, just for a couple hours? And we've done that. We had a group that came that eventually um, was in the state semifinals in basketball, so we're taking credit for that. So <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we're, we're providing excellent service here at my Center Free Church, but... But it's business groups that from around the Twin Cities, it's a, it's a group of... Um, facility manager guys that are in training and they all have facilities in their buildings and all of them were closed. So they called us and said, Hey, if we spread out and do the social distancing, wear masks, can we come meet there? Sure. So they come every, every month and meet here. So it's business people, it's parents, it's, um, the neighborhood across the street comes and uses us for their business meeting. Um, kids basketball, all ages. Um, it, one guy works a little bit with the inner city kids and, you know, f- fourth graders to eighth graders and he comes and, um, and the beauty is we've been able to say, um, this year my message has been, um, we're waiving fees for our building usage because we have no idea how financially upsetting this was to you. And so you can give if you want and people have been incredibly generous. But that's another example of how where your giving goes to the general fund supports missionaries and building and staffing and opportunities and service and all of those things. And and we're just really excited. You're excited. I can tell that. That's cool. You know what? Thank you. 
So we really want to keep this service timely. We have some more reports, and I'm going to let them do that. But I just want to share with you, if you want to look at the chapter that we are looking at today, Acts 15, 1 through 35, we have a study guide we always publish. We have a number of small groups that actually go through that study guide. This one, I think, is done really well. It'll walk you through the passage. So I would encourage you to go through that passage and go through those questions for yourself. I just want to take a few moments to share with you this passage of Scripture is like one of the key passages in the New Testament. Acts 15 is such a hinge point because the church is coming together. You know, we're having our annual congregational meeting um, right after this. This is the first, in a sense, congregational meeting that they had. They pulled everybody together, and the issue was one thing. The issue was essentially this. If a person is going to have a relationship with God, what is required? If you're to share that with someone, if a person is going to have a relationship with God, the Father who had created them, what are you going? To, what is it? What does it require? And they made it really clear and very simple. Even though there were large and strong opinions on both sides of the camp, probably some in the middle, and that and that was this. This is the heart of this passage. It is Jesus Christ, both His person and His work. That alone, which will save a person and put them into relationship with God their Father, no matter what sin you've done, no matter what shame you feel, no matter what guilt you carry, no matter anything, it is not anything about what you can do. And that was the debate. Did there need to be one other thing to mark that person as really one who is saved? And it was in that day in Old Testament circumcision. And think about it. That was the key mark of a Jewish person. And for them to say, no, there's nothing required Required but one thing, and that is to have faith in the grace that has been given to us through Jesus Christ. The work that is done on his cross pays for your sin and your guilt and your shame. You are not required to do anything to gain acceptance in that relationship with the Father. He is a perfect Father who provides for you in every way, and you can have a relationship with him. And I just want to say that if you have never opened your heart and you do feel the weight of your sin and you do feel your guilt and you have this sense of shame of separation from God, he does not want to be separated from you, not even the slightest bit. And he right now is calling you into his heart, into his presence. And it requires nothing but to believe that he has loved you and provided Jesus so that you can have a relationship with him. And I just want to say that simply, clearly, that is what we're about as a body. We want people to know that the healing of their heart, the sin, and all that has occurred in their life, every relational thing, is because of Jesus. And Jesus can begin to, as you follow him and walk with him, bring about all the restoration that's needed. It's there. He sees you in this way in fullness. But yet, we still live in this world, and someday we will be with him, and all of it will be completely healed. Now, there's just a few principles, and I'm just going to share them with you real quickly that I think are important, and that is this. One of the things that comes from this passage of Scripture that we believe as a church and we as elders have wrestled with when it comes to this issue as we vote later in the area of governance and in, in, in this issue of women in leadership, plain and simple, we believe that there is a major on the majors, and God has led us in that way. We believe the free church has made that same statement. 
When it comes to the free church, there are 10 statements of faith. And I actually took time in January of this last year and had a long conversation with our president of the free church and then actually did a podcast with him where he shared some of this. But he said to me when we were talking, and I said, you know, we're in this process where we're doing a name change. I just want you to be aware of this. You're the president. I want us to be in line with what our ethos of the free church is. And I said, you're the president. We're doing a name change. We're doing a a, a change in governance. And we're also going to be doing some staffing, which... I then shared with him, and he said, Kevin, if you just go back one year, I made a statement to all the churches within the free church, and here's what I wrote. In our polity, local churches have the right and responsibility to determine their understanding of the biblical text related to women in leadership in their church. It is the leadership and the church's responsibility. This means the Evangelical Free Church of America churches will have varying understandings and applications. They'll look at it differently. And it is extremely important that we exercise grace and humility toward one another and not make right and wrong judgments related to how our congregation determines their local leadership structure and practices. And that's how we as elders led in this. We said we're not going to make this right or wrong. There are godly um, seminaries, even professors in our schools who teach on those sides of that in our free church school. There are churches like Grace and, and Bethlehem that are on, a, a, on one side, and then you have Wooddale and Westwood and, and uh, Plymouth coming, all those that, that interpret it differently, and we said we're going to make right or wrong, but we're going to do this. We're going to follow this. We're going to major on the majors, which gives us freedom then to respond to this. Because it's not the key, it's not a major doctrinal issue. Then secondly, we are going to do what this passage of scripture says. The next thing you read in this passage of scripture, so you're going to take my word for it because I'm going to try and get done with this. But we are going to be led by the Holy Spirit because that's the next thing they looked at. How is the Spirit of God leading our church, this church, the first church in this issue? And then the third thing they said, this is interesting, the third thing was, is there scriptural support? Can it be grounded in scripture? And what's interesting in that day, you could have grounded circumcision. In, in fact, there was more scripture that could ground that than the other. But they went and they said, this is not a major thing. We are going to be led by the, uh, the Holy Spirit. We are going to see, is it supportable? Does the, does the scripture support it? Yes, it does. And then the last thing they said is, here's a value we're going to hold. That is that nothing would hinder people from coming to the gospel. And as we have been working through this and talking about leadership, having women in that, that around that table of leadership, we have um, asked that very question. Because some people have said to me, does it really matter that much? Like people who are outside the church, or some church, some people outside the church, this issue of women in leadership isn't a big deal. But there are people who don't know Christ who it is a big deal. And so we as a board just said, you know what? We are going to not allow anything that is not essential to this salvation message to be a hindrance to a relationship with Jesus Christ. And then my last thing, and I'll close on this, and that is the whole past, the whole book of Acts is about the expansion of the church, wanting to reach people for Jesus. And many scholars believe that Acts 28 is not the ending. That Luke was going to write another book. But I think the Spirit of God didn't allow him to because I think we're still a part of writing that book. Right? 
And the thing that I want us to put our hearts and, and mind around that we want to major on is to reach people with the gospel. And from the very beginning in my ministry, as God called me out in this western area, he has laid on my heart this one desire, and that is to reach as many people as we can for Jesus as possible. And I have felt and always believed at some point we will see an outpouring of the Spirit. And it seems like God is putting things like that in place. I believe he's raising up prayer within us. And I know prayer is the work. It's what causes the Spirit of God to come into humble hearts. And so I just share this with you as we think about who we are as a church and where we're headed. Those are the five made, you know, major on the major. We're talking about being led by the Spirit. We're looking at, is it scripturally supported? We're asking this question, is there anything that could hinder a person? If it is, let's remove it. And finally, we are about, as you have said, let's reach as many people for Jesus as possible. So I'm going to ask us just to pray. Father, I just thank you for this time of celebration as we continue to celebrate and, and we pray for new life. We pray for you to begin to in the future to reach more and more people. We talked about how the generations below us, we need to, to basically embrace and empower and we want to do this together as your body, as your people. And so we're here before you celebrating your goodness, wanting to be faithful. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.